Well, hello there. I'm Karen Sander. You are listening to Aging Fearlessly, a program for the over 50s, those uniquely wonderful baby boomers. My aim is to educate, motivate and inspire you to embrace the exciting journey of life for decades to come. So stay tuned to meet a variety of guests who will share their stories and passions to help us gain insight into the ways to live a happier, healthier life. Hello everyone, Uh, welcome to another episode of Aging Fearlessly. My guest in the studio today is Anne McEwen and she is a life coach and we're going to be looking at, well it's never too late to do what you want to do in life because many of us when we're 50 think, well really it's the end, What what else can we do that's new but that's not the case. Welcome Anne. Thank you Karen, it's fabulous to be here. And tell us a little bit about you. Oh, I think, well, obviously I'm from Scotland. <laughs> oh, no, that's not obvious, is it? Uh, I've been living in Sydney for 15 years. We came here with my husband because he was offered a job. We thought we would stay a couple of years and we just fell in love with the northern beaches and have never gone back. Um, I was a stay-at-home mum when we first came because I was helping the kids find friends, get into schools buy a house, a dog, a trampoline, all the things you do, (laughs) Um, while my husband travelled. So I'd actually given up my career in the UK to be a stay-at-home mum when we came to Australia. What was your career in the UK? So I was a sales coach with BP Oil. Um, So I used to train salespeople um, on how to improve their sales um, and a lot of that came down to their mindset their confidence and their plans Mm -hmm. Um, and I learned a lot through that. So you today are the founder of To Empower it's a coaching business tell us about this To Empower. Yeah well basically um, when my kids went to high school um, I hit 50 menopause and a stage in my life where I, I was really felt lost I'd lost my confidence, I'd lost connections, um, I'd lost, technology had moved on. There were a whole lot of things that just left me feeling like I didn't know what my life was all about anymore. And I suppose hitting 50, I was thinking, I'm getting too old to do stuff now. And I was moaning with a friend and she said to me, well, um, you'll need to do something else about it. And I said, I don't want to go back and work in corporate and things. And really, I was looking for a community more than a business. And I said to her, I wish there was just a community of women where we could get together and we could support each other, but make a difference to do something positive and not just be moaning at the school gates. <laughs> and she said to me, well, why don't you do that? Why don't you set something up? And I thought, well, I can't do that. You know, immediately it's like, who would come? Who do I know? What would I do? Imposter syndrome. Yeah. Mm. And then she really challenged me. And I thought, oh, okay, I've got nothing to lose. And there was a thing called meetup.com. And I just put out there Sydney women's self-empowerment because I thought, let's um, look after ourselves and our own mindset and see if I could teach some of this stuff. And I'd actually done NLP in the 90s and positive psychology through the 2000s. And so, you know, I had all this experience, but I didn't really know what to do with it. And um, in talking to these women, um, some of them would say to me, well, I don't want to tell my grievances to a whole group. I'd rather 
that you help me one-on-one, would you coach me one-on-one? And I said, yeah. And so they came to the house and they'd sit on the couch and I wouldn't charge very much and we'd walk, work through the problems. And hence the business was born uh, quite organically. It should have been called On the Couch with Anne. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, glass of wine, cup of coffee in hand, yeah, on the couch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, recently you won a small business award. Tell us about that. Oh, thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, so um, it was actually the Northern Beaches Local Community Business Award. Um, I was nominated for that uh, and surprised about winning. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's so funny because I tell everyone else to have confidence and belief in themselves. And then when I got that, I stood up on the stage and I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I won this. <laughs> um, so yeah, look, that was a, a, a wonderful recognition because I've had my business for seven years now mm-hmm. um, and it's grown a lot, you know, through social media and different things over the over the years. But in that time, you've also done a lot. You've written a book, take back control of your life yeah well what happened with these women was that first of all they wanted life coaching and then as I as the business grew and I learned how to run a business they then said well you're making money out of what you enjoy doing and you're doing it in your 50s I would like to do that so then they said to me what did you do and how did you do it and I had to think because for me it was just a kind of gradual thing and so I sat down and thought, what were the steps that I took and from where I was to where I am now? And it was drawing on a lot of those early mindset techniques and overcoming that imposter syndrome and just deciding to take action, you know, because that's what kills your procrastination. And that's how you get feedback. You know, you take a bit of action and either it works or it doesn't. And and so then these women were saying, well, can you help me start a business and make money from it and um, build a platform? And so it's so the the book, and then I also did an online program, um, and both of those were tools to help these women follow in my footsteps. Yeah, and it's incredibly empowering what you are doing, and it's not uncommon for people both men and women, to feel like an imposter because sometimes you feel, why should people listen to me? What am, what makes me so special? What am I telling them that's going to help? It's, that's common, isn't it? Yes, very. And, and I think um, for me, I was even further down the negative scale than that because I had become a bit of a martyr and I would, as this is stay at home. That's a real admission, Anne. Yeah. And the martyr. Yeah. As the, but as a stay at home mom, I was sort of like, I say to people, I was like Cinderella, you know, I was doing all the cooking and the cleaning and meant to be happy and smiley. And we live in the Northern Beaches and we've got this great life. But I was actually a bit miserable. And, and then I thought, well, I'm not being a good role model for my kids being like that. But I, but then it was really quite hard to shift out of it. Mm. And so I had to sort of um, almost walk my talk. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes I think things come in your life at a time that you really need it most. And you mentioned the word procrastination. Mm. Uh, my opinion of procrastination is the more you procrastinate, the harder things are to do. Yeah. And you may as well just jump in and do it because it's easier. You stop thinking about it and stop mulling it over in your head once you take some action. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's right. And then you start to see a bit of progress. So you might not be exactly where you want to finish, but you're not back where you started either. And what I found was each step I took gave me confidence to then take the next step. And even when I started that meetup, like some of the women were going, that was fabulous. That was great. And I'm thinking, oh, was it? Oh, good. (laughs) Yeah, because there's nothing miraculous about you know, the journey, Mm. it's actually the fact that you did the journey or you made the journey. Mm. And yeah, two steps forward, one step back, learn from your mistakes. Mm. Would I be correct? Yes. And I think in my mind, I thought everybody knew what I knew around the mindset stuff in NLP and positive psychology and sales. And so we forget that we've got this wealth of experience that we can bring in to life and I remember this one girl I was coaching and she was in her early 30s and um, I was just sharing you know things that I just know and and she said oh Anne it's so wonderful to have an older woman to just help me and give me this support and I'm looking over my shoulder going where the heck's the older woman and I realized she was talking about me and at first I was a bit gutted I thought oh dear and then I thought no I need to turn this into positive which is what I tell everybody else to do and I thought right I'm going to see that as a woman of wisdom you know I'm 20 years older than her I I can actually um, make the second half of my life sharing some of that and I think that's that helps with the imposter syndrome too because then you think ah, oh, I do know more than the people that are coming to me for help mm, and it's amazing I had a conversation with someone this week who was going to turn down a, a position that they'd been offered one day a week and I said you know why and well I don't think I'm good enough yeah and I went well that's not a good enough reason for me mm-hmm. and we sat down and talked it through mm-hmm. and I think sometimes fear Mm-hmm. has a lot to do with holding us back. Oh, hugely. And what I see is conditioning, particularly with women. And I just want to put out there, by the way, that I absolutely love men. <laughs> <laughs> and the only reason I work with women is because I was a woman going through the menopause, struggling with my mental and the physical, hormonal, whatever. And and the, I've got two daughters, and so um, I wanted to kind of inspire women and, and, and the younger Yes. And so, again, it's the mindset that that jumps in because, and and women in particular, um, I think, have this thing of, um, you know, maybe not being good enough. I know men do too. And and I I love men and I only work with women because um, I was going through menopause and my own issues and I've got daughters. Um, and, And it's this sort of second guessing ourselves and the fear of, what if I'm not right? People mm-hmm. will ridicule me and laugh at me. And, and it goes right back to even when we're very young, you know, you'll say to a baby, you know, stand up, yay, and talk, yay. We then send them to school and we tell them to sit down and shut up. <laughs> and then our whole life is, well, who are you to think you've got an opinion? And yeah. Or we try things and everything's sort of a com- competition and we're not always number one. So we start to tell ourselves subconsciously, you're not as good as everybody else and you're not good enough to be the one that's chosen for this. Yeah, those stories that we tell ourselves sometimes, you know, they're just not great things to tell yourself. You wouldn't tell your best friend. Why do you tell yourself? Exactly. So um, let's go down to Shake It Off, Taylor Swift. Yeah. (laughs) 
let's shake it off. We have to shake off all we've been talking about and just get up and do it. So why Taylor Swift and why shake it off? Well, I find, and I found this particularly when I was started to, to do my business, even that word business immediately created issues for me, anxiety for me, because I thought of tax, employees, um, marketing, and, and it became in my mind this huge big thing. And I had to find a way to kind of deal with shifting that mindset. And obviously I've got lots of techniques that I share and through NLP and positive psychology and stuff. But one of the best ways for me is actually to just get up and dance. And I loved her song because it, sh- it completely shifts your energy. And so I would just, in the middle of my office, when I was feeling really crushed with things, instead of using the mind to you know, shift the body, I was using the body to shift my mindset. Mm. And that literally... The verbal message as well of shake it off, like get rid of it, it doesn't matter. And in that song, she talks about other people's opinions of you and, yep. you know, um, and how, how if we can let, if we take things to heart or let them under our skin, they can literally have a bit bad impact on us. And so when I heard that song, I just, it always makes me want to jump up and shake off all the negativity. So this is Shake It Off by Taylor Swift. You are listening to Radio Northern Beaches 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. Uh, I'm in the studio today with Anne McEwen and she is a life coach. She is an author and she mentors women um, or people going into business, but more so women. Um, But Anne... What have you found the most difficult part of running a business in your 50s? I think the first thing um, was really having the courage to start, to just think, you know, maybe I could do this. And I went on a couple of courses um, and I was by far the oldest (laughs) in the room. Um, There was lots of uh, young... I'm raising my eyebrows. I've done that too. Yeah, young entrepreneurs. Um, And then I just started to realise that, you know, I know quite a lot and a lot of what I know other people don't know. And maybe the the feedback that I was getting was, yeah, we want you to continue to share. And I actually was really enjoying it. The part I found the most difficult, I have to say, is technology. Mm -hmm. Because we weren't brought up with technology as youngsters. We've had to learn it later in life. And, and, you know, it's like skiing and any of these things. You're maybe less... um, risk you maybe more risk averse yeah so we were probably just so the listeners understand we were probably in our 40s when we really started to find computers were a part of our lives yes yes so quite late on and I I remember watching my kids and how quickly they took to it and thinking they were geniuses because at the age of five they they could work (laughs) you know the 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 VHS uh, video recorder and stuff like that um but also that then as a, a business owner and an entrepreneur that you then have to completely promote yourself. So it wasn't I just I wanted to be a coach. I wanted to help others um to, to live the best life and to tap into their strengths and to um build their confidence. And then I found that I was spending days writing blogs, taking photographs, learning about hashtags, um learning about tagging people, learning about 
And it actually really brought me down. It was a part of my Mm -hmm. business that I just felt stuck behind the computer. It was not my strength and it was wasting time and I got really frustrated. I totally get that. SEOs and you just go keywords and you go, oh my God, give me a break. And then someone will say, well, you should be advertising on Facebook. And so I do a Facebook course and spend thousands of dollars and don't get any clients. And then someone says, you should be advertising on LinkedIn. And so I do LinkedIn, spend thousands of dollars. (laughs) And what I realised through all of that trial and error, and I've learned a lot, and I think it's probably been good for my future dementia. um, (laughs) (laughs) Or lack of, because you won't get it, you've been learning. But it comes back down to good old-fashioned relationships. And so I do still do that, and I actually have a virtual assistant that does it all for me now. Um, I write a blog so that it's my message and my knowledge and then she takes that and she does all the social media stuff with it. And it's it's also time because I completely understand what you're saying because the amount of time that you can spend actually trying to do it yourself when someone else can do it in 15 minutes. Yep. It's, yep. Yes, first of all, it's the learning, but then if you're not good at it anyway, it takes you even longer. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good to know how they do it, yes, but you don't need to do it. Yes, yes. And then it meant I was turning away clients because then I didn't have enough time and then I thought this is crazy because, you know, I can earn more and help more people by giving this off to someone else. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's a difficulty for business owners sometimes too is um, to be able to delegate something because we all get a bit precious about our baby you know (laughs) oh we do absolutely precious don't we you work with clients on developing a positive mindset how do you do that look I think it starts with awareness so I think often we're we're in this negative thinking space and we don't know how to shift it and often some people don't aren't even aware that they're in it so I start by almost holding a mirror up to them and saying, you know, are you aware that you just said, and they might have said something negative, are you aware that your body language is pretty negative? Are you? And it can be a bit confronting. And and I do it with loving kindness. And I say, look, I, I'm here 100% for you. I want you to get 100% best results. Um, so the only way that's going to happen is if I'm honest. Because other people often pussyfoot around us when we're having a wee tantrum or we're having a sulk or... Um, we're self-doubting ourselves and they'll be, oh, no, you're fine, you're good. But that doesn't actually help us shift. We need someone that doesn't have that emotional attachment to say, you know what, it's time for you to grow up. Mm. And and that was what happened to me at 50. I mean, I was still behaving very childishly (laughs) in my 40s and I I needed a good talking to. to, um. So the first thing I would say is awareness and having someone help you see your blind spots um, which we all have. And then through, um, you know, the various modalities that I work with, there are actually techniques where I'll teach a client something and then I say to them, okay, for the whole week, I want you to do this particular thing. Um, I mean, there's one I could share with you now. Yeah, absolutely. If, share away. If you would like. So um, I always say our, our thoughts produce a feeling, that feeling produces self-talk or verbally we talk to other people. And that language and feeling creates a behaviour and that behaviour creates an outcome. Mm -hmm. And often we have outcomes in our lives that are not fruitful 
and we wish things weren't that way. So what I do is we turn it on its head and we take the outcome. Okay, you're not happy with that. What behaviour was there? What actions did you take? Oh, well, I didn't take any action or the action was negative. What created that action? Oh, it was the feeling. What created that feeling? Oh, it was the language, I would, things I was saying to myself. Why were you saying those things to yourself? It was my thoughts. So everything starts with the thought. And when we can take it back to the root, where did that thought come from and what triggered it and whatever. So one great tool is to recognise um, that you need to stop. And I say stop and think. And one of the ways um, we use the body to stop the mind is... You know if someone slaps you across the face because you're having a hissy fit, right? I know that's a terrible <laughs> yeah. example, but if somebody's really losing it, you get slapped across the face. I'm not suggesting you slap anybody or yourself. <laughs> but what that does is that physical snap, that touch, that slap, stops the mind, interrupts that negative thinking um, where the subconscious mind is just on this negative role. So we're using the body to interrupt that pattern of thinking. Mm-hmm. A more gentle way to do that is that you just put an elastic band around mm. your wrist and you and you ping it. And that can be quite painful on the wrist, but, but it interrupts that train of thought. Mm. So that's the stop. The stop is the elastic band. The THINK is actually an acronym, T-H-I-N-K. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing you say to yourself is what I'm thinking and saying to myself true. Because like you mentioned earlier, that woman, I don't think I'm good enough for. Um, is that really true? Like if she was to write down all the attributes that she had in her history. And, and they're huge. She would be, it, it's actually not true. Perfect for it. And it might be true to her, for her, in her mind. But other people would say, that's not true. We think you'd be excellent at that. So it's about challenging your our own thoughts the h is for is this helpful is what i'm saying to myself right now is what i'm thinking helpful well no it's probably not because it's making me procrastinate it's making me fearful it's making me stuck so if it's not helpful is it hindering you yes it's hindering me so how can i stop it hindering me the i is for is this inspiring is what i'm saying to myself right now inspiring me and others now, if you're in a negative spiral, the answer nine times out of ten will be no. If it's not inspiring, then stop thinking it. We have yep. to. The N is for is it necessary? Is what you're even thinking necessary? Neuroscience has shown us that we have so many negative, shitty thoughts during the day that are just not even necessary. They deplete our energy and they leave us feeling down. So if it's not necessary, let's get rid of it. And the K in the T-H-I-N-K, stop and think, is for kind. Is it kind? And you said earlier, you wouldn't say that to your best friend. And it's Mm. true. A lot of what we say to ourselves is not very kind. Mm. And then we wonder why we feel sad and down and stuck. So if you say no to, you know, all of those things, then, then stop. And reflect and then say, well, what's something I could say to myself that's kind? What is something that is inspiring? What is Mm. something that is a bit more necessary? All of this is so important. It's such great information. And there's a little saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah. (laughs) And Kelly Clarkson sang a song, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Actually, it was one of the themes at Story Room in 2021, which was my my other um, passion 
Tell me about this song. Well, I, I think it's been a great learning for me. And um, I love, and when, in thinking about songs, obviously I wanted to take things from different eras. Um, and I think it's a great lesson and something that that we should even teach our kids when they're younger. Um, there's a great story of the Emperor Moth um, you may know it, but basically um, it's in its cocoon and this little boy finds one and he thinks so. It, it's starting to crack through the cocoon um, but struggling and so he goes and gets scissors and he clips <coughs> the end off it so that the moth can come out and and he helps it. But the problem is that the moth actually has to go through that struggle because as it goes through that tight cocoon, the cocoon squeezes all the liquid out of its wings so that when it comes out at the end, it can fly. But because he cut the cocoon, the liquid is still in its wings and it can't fly. And so it's all that um, struggle is necessary for growth. Um, and I think, you know, no pain, no gain. All these sayings, they're there for a reason. A lot of these things we used to think old wives' tales and whatever, but I actually think there's a lot of wisdom in them. And I think if you, for people that are struggling, and particularly now, it's really hard when you're in the middle of it, feel that actually this is killing me, this is dreadful mentally, physically, whatever, this is so hard, even people with a mental illness but um, or physical illness. But if you can get through that, by God, it'll make you stronger. So this is What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Stronger by Kelly Clarkson. Welcome back to 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. You are listening to Aging Fearlessly with Karen. Please go to Facebook and like the page Aging Fearlessly. I'm in the studio today with Anne McEwen and she is a life coach and the author of Take Back Control of Your Life and we've been discussing, you know, going into business and imposter syndrome and positive mindsets and how you stop your mind and, you know, put some rational thinking back in and with the an acronym THINK uh, and it's really, really interesting and what is important for people entering their 50s to know and to do in their lives? Oh, that is a great question. I actually think, um, you know, we have all these things about, oh, the big five O and whatever, that um, there's a certain mindset that it's the beginning of the end, mm-hmm. <laughs> that even if we're going to live to 100, it's halfway. Um, and... Um, for me, I actually think it's the beginning of the next beginning. It's an absolutely fantastic period of life. I think it does make us question where we are because it's a period of life where our kids become more independent if you have children move on. I think for men and women, it can be very challenging in the career because um, a lot of companies want young, energetic, fresh minds who will pay le- take less of a salary that would be those children that you raised. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And so, you know, that can feel like we're being booted out and, and, you know, ageism and everything starts to come in. Then we look at, oh, you know, maybe our body, our eyesight, all of these kind of things can start to um, give us issues. Um, but what I have found is if we can look at life that there's a, a decade for everything, um, like in my 20s, I had my corporate career 
in my 30s got married and had kids. In my 40s it was all about raising the kids and paying the mortgage and we know they're probably the most challenging years. But in your 50s you get your freedom back because you start to be able to think of um, the you know times, the things you, you can do for yourself. You're no longer maybe the taxi driver and the nurse and all the things that you do for your family, Cinderella, for example. And I said to my husband when I hit 50, Cinderella now wants to go to the ball. <laughs> you know, it was my turn to have, have fun. And I think your 50s aren't like your 70s where you maybe do str- struggle physically. I, I, I think in our 50s we're still fit and strong and able to do things. I know that you swim and sail and whatever, and I've just recently learned to kayak. And we have time for activities that we never had before. And there's a great book by Deepak Chopra, which is called Ageless Body, Timeless Mind. Mm -hmm. And he says in there, when we hit our 50s, just imagine that you've been reborn. And so when you're 55, you're really only five. You're like a child. What did you do as a child? You know, you were were inquisitive. You were um, courageous. You had fun. You let go of expectations. You were just laughed at life and were carefree and liked to roll about in the grass and you know so that whole thing about being a toddler and and, and my husband and I have fun with this because um he's actually two years younger than me and when we get joy boy yeah (laughs) (laughs) when we get in a bit of a tiff with one another I'll say to him oh you're just acting like a five-year-old you know and but it's good because we can laugh about it and he'll be like oh god you're right so I am and vice versa um but I think getting back into that let's be creative let's be fun loving let's look at the second half of our life as a time to you know shake off some of that the worries and things that we had and um look forward to the future and enjoying ourselves and I think the second thing is that you're in your 50s you've lived a life you've learned so that whole thing about being a person of wisdom and Play to your strengths. I think through all of our young years, we're told this is our weaknesses, this is what you've got to improve on, this is what you've not got going for you. And we really struggle. We're always, you know, well, some people second or third. I was always about 10th. And and now I'm just like, you know what, I'm the number one in my own life. And Mm. and I'm absolutely loving it. And, And when we can really accept and acknowledge who we are and and Mm. what we're here to do and even if that's just to to make one other person in your life have a good day maybe that's all you were put on this planet to do yeah and be happy with that yeah i uh, well i think being happy with it um is so important but also it's it's a time you really can indulge yourself in being a bit selfish yes i you know and it's for many women especially, they've not been selfish. They've been helping a family grow. And I'm not putting it out there that the men haven't been doing that, but a lot of women, you know, just give so much and it's time to be selfish. I actually call it self-interest. I Mm. say it's time to take self-interest. And actually, um, I would say that when I started to take self-interest and was able to shake off that... um, kind of victim mentality that I had, everyone around me benefited. Because when I felt happier um, doing fun things and building my business and, you know, having an impact and having this beautiful community around me um, and earning money um, that had a, you know, big impact on my mindset and my self-worth and, 
you know, golly, I can do this late in life. Yeah, self-belief. Yeah. It's really important. Yeah. Yeah. And and it just makes you, it, yeah, you, you, you just really enjoy life more. Um, what do you wish everyone struggling with midlife knew? That everything you need is within you. And yes. that, believe in yourself. Believe in yourself, yeah. 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 Um, we're very resourceful mm-hmm. if we start looking yeah. at our skills and we look at our mindset and we tune in. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, sometimes I think that we tell ourselves stories that are, you mentioned it before, they're not true, but we like to tell ourselves storytellers because we are storytellers, yeah. each one of us, and we we tell ourselves stories about ourselves. And, you know, certainly I've lacked belief in myself in time, and you have to just sometimes trust and and get on with it. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, others would look at you and see you as successful and courageous and... You know, you play a huge part within the community and, and you give a lot and you have a lot of wisdom. And so we don't see ourselves as others see us. And, and often I, I do an exercise, actually, um, in some of my workshops and I hand round a little box and I say to the women, I want you to open the lid and look in the box. You're not allowed to tell anybody else in the room what's in the box. And before I give it out, I need everybody to tell me, because this is something that's very precious to me that's in this box, can you please promise that you'll look after and take care of what's in this box? And they all look a bit puzzled and say, yeah, okay. And the first lady takes the box and opens up and she looks in and she kind of laughs and puts the lid back on and then hands it to the next and nobody says anything till it's gone round the whole room. And have you any idea what's in the box? No, yourself. A mirror. A mirror. And it's a big lesson to, to say you know, the, this day, whatever it is I'm going to be teaching, is, is all about you and that you need to now put yourself first and that you're going to make a promise to look after yourself And because we don't do that. And then they all laugh and I'm like, why are you laughing? If if someone was to say to you, you, you know, you don't really need to look after your child or you don't really need to feed them, just, just give them whatever because you're in a hurry or just leave them if they're crying or don't talk to them. You would be horrified, but yet we do it to ourselves. And... Do we, does everyone laugh as they look in the box? Yeah. And do you ask them to write down what they see in the box? Well, it's interesting. What I do ask them then to do is to write down 10 things they really like about themselves. Oh. And I don't say whether that's physical, mental, spirit attributes, job labels, whatever. I just say 10 things. They will write about two. And then, if, and then you can just see all the pages are blank. Women really struggle to name things that they like about themselves, which I think is hugely sad. And then we, at the end of the day, so they work and they get to know each other and we work on these skills. And then at the end of the day, we say, I want you now to write what you like about the people you met today. And everybody's home with this list of things that the other women thought were amazing. I tell you, everybody ends up in tears because... For the first time in their life, maybe, someone said to them, you know, you're such a beautiful, warm person and you're witty or you're attractive or you're, I'd love to be your friend or, God, you're a great mum because your kids are so well being You know, just little compliments um, and it's so empowering. That's a wonderful exercise. I absolutely love it. Um, 
R-E-S-P-E-C-T. I learnt to spell. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't actually understand the meaning of the word R-E-S-P-C-T for myself yeah. until much later in life. Yeah. Why did you choose this Aretha Franklin song? I think respect is huge in everything that we do. So when I started to go on to groups like Facebook groups and whatever, um, it would say, please respect one another and other people's comments. When my kids were going to school, I said, we need to respect the teacher and you know respect your elders and all the things that we're told. And we respect the law, you know, we don't break law and whatever. And what you just said was, I don't think anyone ever told me to respect myself and to hold that in high regard. Yeah, there's lots of, lots to think about there. But, yeah, it would be wonderful to be told, especially, I think, women in the dating circuit, mm. you know, you have to respect yourself. Mm. And because without that respect for yourself, you're never going to find the right person for you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Respect by Aretha Franklin. Welcome back. You're listening to 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. To find out more, go to the website rnb.org.au. My guest in the studio today is Anne McEwen, and we just listened to Aretha Franklin and Respect R-E-S-P-C-T. Um, Anne... You are a woman with so much wisdom and I'm learning so much today uh, about the coaching you do, but, you know, these are life lessons. So um, how has starting your own business helped you? I, I Look, I think um, it's proven to me that I can do anything um, that I put my mind to in the second half of life. I really, really doubted that, and I don't anymore. And opportunities keep presenting themselves, and I just want to say yes, because I'm actually having more fun now than I ever had. Mm. I feel more in control of my life now, that book about take back control of your life, because I had allowed it to spiral out of control. I feel I'm being a good role model for the women in my community and my family, my daughters. Definitely. And, um, yeah, there's been so many benefits and financial benefit and being able to earn, having been a stay-at-home mum for so long, being able to earn again has really given me that sense of um, freedom that, you know, if I choose to take my family away on a holiday or something, I just do it. Mm. Um, If I see something I want to buy for my my daughter, I just do it, Mm. you know. I think... um what you're also in in starting your own business is also a lifelong education because you're always learning. Like me, I'm always trying to learn something off my best friend, Google, and my other best (laughs) friend, YouTube. I mean, I consult with them all the time. I have lots of private little conversations and meetings with them and I can sit down for hours and really educate myself. Things that other people are doing really well 
and you just get insights into what's out there that you're missing. And for you and I who missed that whole technology stage of our life, there is so much out there for us to learn and then realise, do I really want to do it? Let's get someone else to do it. But it's still that whole learning. Mm -hmm. And when someone younger gets into a conversation with you about certain things, you go, oh, yeah, I know about that. And you, because you've listened and learned, do you find the same for running your business? Completely. And I would say hats off to you and me (laughs) because we we did it. And um, I've had lots of things I did in my business that haven't worked. It hasn't all been easy and straightforward. (laughs) I've had lots of things. How many thousands have I spent on dollars yeah. on things that I've l- tried to learn that didn't learn very well? Yeah, and even time, like time I've spent putting things out there that discovered nobody wanted. Or <laughs> um, and and that that failure can be really tough. But I've learned that it's not failure; it's feedback. And what's the feedback telling you? And I take that feedback and I think, okay, well. You know, nobody else is is dying because I failed at something and I just have to pick up my ego and move on and try the next thing. Um, And it's courageous to spend hours on Google trying to learn something new or YouTube watching and then, you know, and and I think more and more people our age are doing it and and enjoying it. And that that sense of um, achieving something is fantastic. Absolutely. And, And I do, look, even fixing something at home, I'm Googling or learning, you know, learning to cook something, I'm Googling. I, I mean, I think we're, we're in a lucky era in a way that we have that opportunity yes. to, to have that information. Yeah, yeah, you know, once upon a time we had the Encyclopedia Britannica and that was about the only reference book any of us had in our house. <laughs> and that certainly wasn't <laughs> going to tell you how to fix the, you know, this problem or that problem or how to Facebook or how to do anything else. Uh, you're business to empower the name that you chose for your business has is something dear to your heart yeah um thank you for allowing me to talk about that so when I was going through my um wanting to do this phase um a big driver for me was my daughters because they were leaving school going to university and I was saying to them you can do anything you're women of the world you get out there but then I wasn't living that because at home I was walking the dog and washing the dishes and feeling miserable and mourning about everything. And I wanted to somehow be a better role model for them. And so in I had a bit of a play on the two empower. So it's actually the number two and the capital M. And the two M's are my daughters, Maris and Megan. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the two and the M and then the word power. And that really motivated me um, for people that want to do anything in life. If you can get an emotional attachment to what it is that you want, you'd be far more driven to achieve it. And as they were, they would come home from university and, you know, maybe give me a thumbs down because they'd had a bad day and whatever. And then I would give a thumbs down and they would be like, oh, my goodness, mum, what's wrong? And I was ah. Like, oh. I can't get this Facebook thing or a client cancelled or haven't earned any money this week or and it and they would start coaching me which was hilarious um but it showed them that no matter what age you are you still struggle with mm. life and you have failures and um I mean they're they're my biggest fans now and they'll come home and go oh we're so proud of you and seven years on you're still doing it and helping mm. these other ladies and and so now I feel I'm walking my talk mm. um 
And so really my, my business is dedicated to them. And there's not many people that you don't know in our community these days. You're very popular oh, and there's you. lots of people that talk about you. And it's, you know, oh. I think what you're doing out there, you know, is inspiring. Thank you. You're oh. very welcome. That's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I mean, and we met really very briefly years ago and we really haven't stumbled into each other for a long time and you know things we're both doing have brought us back together um is there someone that you follow or someone that really inspires you yeah this is going to sound kind of cheesy and everyone go oh me too but it's actually oprah Oh. And and it's Oprah and has been for years and years. I mean, I would say since I was in my 20s, I remember seeing this overweight black woman on TV and I loved the job that she did. I loved that. it was. She's almost, although she was an interviewer, it was kind of like coaching people, wasn't it? Because mm. she was dealing with people's issues. But I just remember thinking that through my teenage and young years, it was... You know, you've got to be slim and have long blonde hair and, you know, dress nice and speak nice and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and the courage that she had as an overweight black woman to just get out there and, and she fought all those conditions, all that societal messaging. And she was getting people to open up and, and be honest about this way before the rest of us were talking mm. about mental health. She is pretty inspiring. So what are three takeaways Look, what I would say to people is it's never too late. Mm -hmm. That's been my message. Um, awareness around your thoughts, your words and your behaviour and what outcomes that's they're bringing into your life. And keep challenging yourself and just have fun, just enjoy life. Mm, I think that's very, I think they're very wise words that you've given and, and something that we we can all take to heart and um and think about yeah and i'd like to sort of encourage your listeners to join a, com a community of some sort you know there's lots in northern beaches maybe your story room community or something where um because we have connected again and it's actually really great to be with other small business owners who are you know understand your struggles and mm. um and and and, and we'll really rise with you and, and we'll praise you and we'll celebrate you and um, because we're, we're all in it together. Um, so if you are feeling a bit lonely or lost or looking for that courage and feedback and maybe one-on-one -on -one coaching or something's not for you, go, you know, have the courage to at least go and, and join a community um, of something. Yeah, because some people make it all look easy out there starting a business, running a business, um, running an event. But Believe me, they make it look easy, but it's not always easy. We all struggle in our own way. So thank you, everyone, for listening today. And that's us till next time. So this is it for today's program. It's time to say cheerio to the wonderful Northern Beaches community. Join me next week for another episode of Ageing Fearlessly. And now for a song written by Nick Howard, especially for the listeners. This is Karen Sander. Have a fantastic week. And remember, ageing is inevitable and growing old is a choice.
The sun is shining bright outside. There's a sparkle in your eye. It's not all nine to five. It's a wonderful life. Let's go and climb mountains high. Swim across oceans wide. This treasure that you've got to find, baby. Don't be shy. Let's go and take that ride. Taste the sweet and the spice. Everything nice. Let your heart be alive, baby. Just let your heart come alive, honey. Let your heart be alive. 